It's the Daily Talk Show episode 341. Welcome, Ruth McGowan. G'day, fellas. How are you? Good. Ruth McGowan, uh, OAM, so Order of Australia. Can you explain how, how does that come about? Because we've got a lot of international uh, listeners and also just a couple of gronks who know nothing <laughs> about anything. About how you get that on the end of your name. Mm, okay. it's, a, it's no small feat. No, so Australia has a national honour system which recognises outstanding contributions by ordinary citizens to the nation and there's uh, four levels of medals, affectionately known as the gongs. And it actually... Was it uh, gongs, did you say? Gong. Gong. Oh, the gong. Gong. Like gong. Yeah, gong. Okay, gongs. yeah, great. <laughs> um, it actually arose from the British Order of Medals and in 1975 the Prime Minister at the time, Gough Whitlam, who I think you're a bit of a fan of Gough, aren't you? I don't know. I don't know anything. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a Gough, troll? Gough said, we're going to have an Australian honour system. We need our uh-huh. own. We're a sovereign country. So he started the Order of Australian Medals about 43 years ago. Mm-hmm. And you have an OAM or, or an AO or an OM or oh. a companion and that's the top level. So there's four levels. Mm-hmm. Um, over those 43 years, most of the gongs have gone to men, two-thirds yeah. have gone to men. So I've actually co-founded a movement yeah. to get more women recognised mm. uh, for their outstanding contributions. And what did, you, uh, what did you get the gong for? So I got mine for community service to local government and also to disability support action groups. Mm. So I've long been involved in, um, as a volunteer as well as my paid work, mm-hmm. but I really believe in contributing to the community. So I did that for many years and people anonymously nominate you for a gong. You don't know who's done it. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I got a But who did it? I don't know. <laughs> we still don't know? No, I still don't know. So I got my Order of Australia Should um, we tell her, Josh? five years ago. It was Josh? <laughs> no, it definitely wasn't. Definitely wasn't. Yeah, so I just encourage anyone, if you know someone that's an outstanding citizen, mm. go online to the Orders of Australia and write a nomination and help get that recognised and yeah, honoured. Yeah. What, um, what did it mean to you when you, when you were nominated? Oh, look, uh, you get this envelope covered in gold from the Governor-General yeah. and I'm going, geez, what's this? So I opened it up and it was, you have been nominated and I started crying. Like yeah. I was just overwhelmed and quite humble. And your first thought often is, I don't deserve this. There are so many other people out there mm. that deserve it. Um, and then I realised, well, to accept it is, I'm actually being a role model for other people, other women, young mm. country women that you can keep continuing to contribute and there are people out there that recognise what you're doing, which mm. is really nice. And it comes with a bit of gravitas Yeah, that um, I can walk into a room and I've actually got, I wear this with pride, which oh, is good. the little secret secret symbol that you've got an honour. Oh, like if you ever see them around on people. I haven't I've never it's, noticed. It's that. not like too flashy. It's just it's no, very understandable. Yeah. Yeah. Can you get a bigger one? <laughs> no, well, for, for certain occasions, yeah. there are much bigger medals. Really? So uh, there's occasions you go to um, to the governor general's house, yeah. and it's got medals maybe worn, and then you can wear your thing. So I've not only got the chest, I've got the medal to put it on. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> so you way around, I've got the medal and the chest to put it on. Yeah. The way uh, you and Josh met, I mean, you were probably one of the only survivors of a road trip that Josh has gone on because <laughs> he oh talks their gosh. ear off. Yes. Um, but you did survive. You guys worked together creating a, a film about the Murray-Darling Basin. Mm. I, I did watch that. It was amazing. Mm. Re- really amazing. Mm. Um, what was that experience like just uh, going on a road trip with Josh? Who was not someone you knew, but you travelled the distance together. 
Yeah. How long did we do it? It was like, was it a week, week or something? Yeah, yeah. So I was given a project. I'm actually an agricultural scientist. I have an honours and master's degree in that area. Um, to do a documentary on the socio-economic impacts of the Murray-Darling mm. Basin Plan, mm. which if that sounds a bit dry, it's, it's not actually. <laughs> so, so part of this documentary was interviewing farmers and business owners and people out in the community and also doing mm. some social research. So we ha- had uh, quite a big project. But the documentary was I wanted something that was um, uplifting and sparkling and I wanted a hipster from Melbourne to make it. So yeah. I got this dude to make it. <laughs> so we went on this road trip and, um, yeah, I met Josh at the airport. Then we flew to Mildura. Oh, that's right. We actually got on a plane for that, didn't yeah, we? And I was, yeah, we flew there because that's it's right. about a nine-hour drive up to the edge mm. of the state and yeah. um, got there and, I, and the first thing that happened was Josh left the drone box behind oh, in the car that's park. Right. I forgot all of this. Yeah, so, so we went off and we're doing the shots and then he went out to get the fancy schmancy drone and it's not in the car. It was so at the rental car place, was yeah, it? Yeah, so oh, it was no. like, oh, shit. So we had to drive back and being country people, which yeah. you know, they've... They picked it up and were waiting for us to come back. Very so. honest in the country. Yeah. I mean, I, when you refer to me as a country person, I lived in Shepparton for a few years. But I did get to sort of um, have a greater understanding, which has since left my mind because I haven't lived there for a few years, around the sort of local government we were having on, you know, the mayor. I think it was Jenny Houlihan. I actually saw that um, we are mutual friends with um, Damien Willoughby, who yep. works at the um, Shepparton yep. Council. Yeah, yeah. And so he was my program director. Wow. Um, you know, doing the air checks yeah. after hey, we finished Damien. the show. <laughs> yeah, shout out to Damien. Yeah. He's a yeah. great bloke. But, but the other thing I was going to say, so so Josh took some fantastic footage mm. and we'd get up at Sparrow's Fart and go out in the Murray, gorgeous landscapes. We went out in the desert and the only thing that got us through in the mornings was the long black. Oh, yeah. And also he introduced me to Buddy Macca's hot hash browns because <laughs> yeah. they're open 24-7. Yeah. And so we'd go there and you'd go, no, nah, once you've had one, you'll never go back. You'd never had a hash brown? No. Uh, was it Macca's hash brown? Is that what yeah, you yeah, had? Yeah. 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 And no. so, and so <laughs> Ruth. Macca's hash brown. Yeah. I don't eat at Macca's. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, probably, it's a good thing. No. <laughs> and so, yeah, no, I remember I sort of yeah, pushed you into giving it a go. He's ticking all those boxes. Bad influence on a road trip. Mm. <laughs> but it's a, if you're going to have Macca's, a road trip mm. is a good, a good time to, to have it. Yeah. But you're, pretty, uh, you're pretty healthy, I'd say. Like, um, I remember you sort of giving me, not lecturing, mm. but you were sort of <laughs> suggesting of different health health things that you could do. Uh, you had a health scare. Was that the sort of the reason for the getting healthy? Have you always been that way? Um, look, I think I've been vegetarian for about oh, 14 years. Mm-hmm. So being a scientist, I looked at the evidence of diets and meat-eating diets are not healthy for uh, – well, they increase your risk. Mm-hmm. A little bit of protein is okay, but – um, in terms of the cancers, it heats your ri- mm-hmm. increases your risk. So probably about ten years ago, I got a diagnosis of lymphoma cancer, mm-hmm. and that really changed my focus much more. Um, looking at what I ate and doing exercise and meditation, and mm. yeah, I took some time off to get well, and it's been ten years, and I'm still in remission. Yeah, and so uh, 2006 was the year that you rocked up to the council chambers because there were local issues and you were a pissed off resident and you went to, um, you know, make some change or see see what the deal was. What was that experience like? Um, so I've written a book recently yeah. called Get Elected yeah. and it's a step-by-step campaign guide to winning elections. Uh-huh. And in the book I unpack why would you run for council, mm-hmm. how to plan, 
how to run mm-hmm. and what to do next, not just council but also state and federal government. Yeah. And I talk about there's often three reasons why people get interested in politics mm-hmm. and the, the first reason is that they're pissed off about something. Yeah. Good, good Australian term. Yeah. Um, the second is that they're passionate about something and they mm-hmm. want to change it and the third is that they're into politics as a way of changing the world. Mm. Sometimes it's a combination of all three. In my case, I went um, to the council chambers. I'd never been in the council chamber before. So the chamber is the big meeting room where all the councillors meet. Yeah. And they were going to put up a planning application that our community didn't agree with, you know, local planning issue. And so I went and spoke on behalf of my community and we got it stopped. But I looked around the room and there was nine councillors and um, five senior executives and they were all men. So there's 14 men making the decisions for our community. And I was a little bit pissed off about that. Mm-hmm. I just thought, how can how can all these blokes make the decisions for our community? Yeah. And the next week I saw the mayor down the street and I knew him quite well. Which is such a country town it's thing, country right? It's a country town just, thing, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so was he just eating a meat pie or yeah, something? Yeah. Ready? So what and was I he? just went up and I said, hey, Clarky, you know, <laughs> what are you blokes doing? How, how can you think you can make all these decisions for the community and you don't even have any women there? And he said, we want women to run. They just don't run. Mm. You know, why don't you think about it? And it was put that seed um, in my brain. I think mm. he regretted it because <laughs> it was a by-election a couple of months later and I threw my hat in the ring and I got elected. Yeah. So then it was me and eight other blokes. Mm-hmm. And the youngest bloke that was pretty similar to your age, yeah. he said, I'm so glad you've come on because now they'll stop picking on me and they'll start picking on you. <laughs> wow. and it was, was, he, so right. was it true? You it was true. And um, When you say pick them, what, what does that mean? Like... Uh, Bullying, harassment, they tried to unsettle me and mm. that's the political oh, environment. So it was quite dark. Yeah, yeah, okay. the dark arts of politics. Um, yeah. So I worked really hard to get more women to run and mm-hmm. next time five of those blokes got kicked out Yeah. and we got four more women in and we've never gone back to those days of all-male councils mm. because we have an activated community now mm. that just expects gender balance mm. and they w- wouldn't put up for anything else. And also we have young people running... I was the first councillor that ever had kids at primary school elected so I could talk about those issues in the community and that's why we need diversity yeah. because we have a range of views mm. from young, old, you know, cr- across all the spectrum. So the third thing is um, people who are interested in politics are the ones who run. I find it, you know, like I guess looking around my friendship circle, it's not something that is jumping out at them and I think I went to a private school here in Melbourne. I can think about the people that... I went there, which I would think would be the ones who would more likely be into it. But I don't know anyone within my reach who is really into it. If anything, it's the American politics that people start diving into. We've got 3D Deal here from Canada. And he said when he came here, he goes, oh, I'm so glad no one's talking about Trump. Because over in Canada, there's a lot of noise around Mm. that. And it's how do you – I mean, how do we shift this and get people actually – Interested? What have you found from talking yeah, well, to the masses? Well, I, I challenge you on that because remember the marriage equality debate. Mm. So a lot of people talked about that. And why do we need a plebiscite? Mm. Why can't the politicians just make the decision in federal parliament, tick the box, mm. make it so? And lots of people got activated from not just the LGBTIQ plus community but across Australia, mm. that this is fair. Yeah. So a lot of people actually got in, enrolled. There was more hundreds and thousands of people that got activated, young yeah. people got enrolled. So when politics hits the heart and the back pocket nerve, there are a mm. lot of people on New Start. Mm-hmm. 
um, that cannot find rental accommodation. So that's there's join the dots. That's yeah. politics. The other thing is the climate change. So you say you don't talk to people. Well, what about the school climate change? Yeah, mm. climate change and the frustration that the government in power at the moment isn't doing enough mm. is activating people. They're so passionate about climate change. They're running on that issue. Kids are marching. So maybe it skipped your generation yeah. and it's these primary school, high school kids that are coming through and get out of the way, yeah. Gen X, Y, Z boomers. <laughs> You've stuffed it up for us, Let, give us a crack at it. Yeah, well, I, I guess it's playing into that pissed off bit, mm. right, that you talk about Mr 97's uh, brother, Jamesy. Uh, how old is he? Uh, 17. 17, and he was actually at the... Um, uh, climate change, climate change rally mm. and all that sort of thing. And so there's a huge amount that's going on. And it's even the other thing too is we're learning so much through Mr. 97 and Jamesy because he's teaching so much about like all different, even the, the other thing, even like um, pronouns and all that sort of thing. Like I keep accidentally saying he or all that sort of like this, all these things that uh, we've just got ingrained, mm. which isn't, I think that uh, people can take it as a, as a, criticism on us for not knowing but i think being able to say we've just got no fucking idea what's happening and being willing to listen and say okay well what are these things how can we change how how are we developing i think that's really important especially for you know younger people who are coming up they're going to be the ones who are going to be left with all this stuff Mm, and and they're sick of you us being slack yeah Mm. so when we think of politics as, you know, Parliament, Canberra House, we're actually disenfranchising mm. the youth. So if you just put in your brain, activism is politics. Yeah. It's 101 politics. So these young kids getting active, they're being political mm. and they're taking it back. Yeah. And I think if you stand around complaining uh, and don't do anything to change, then you actually forfeit your right to complain. Mm. You know, shut the heck up. Get out and do something and... Get out there and vote for people that uh, support what you want to see in the planet and mm. changing. And, you know, I, I would also encourage people to get involved in political campaigns. There's mm. lots of young people running, mm. local, state and federal, and get involved and see how politics works because you actually can't afford to disengage. Yeah. I, uh, on this street here there was uh, signs when we rocked up, mm. uh, Luke Creasy, he was uh, all over the all over the place, mm. and uh, he's an example of someone who should have read your book. <laughs> yeah. Yep, he should have. Page two thirty seven. Yeah. Which two thirty seven is? Delete your social media footprint yeah. before you even yeah. run. And, and so, yeah. part of that is what I find really interesting is, um, you know, we say dumb shit that we regret. We say things that, uh, mm. uh, from a social media standpoint, there is. Everyone's constantly evolving. We're all we're all evolving, and we say, um, you know. And so, to your point of deleting that stuff, mm. is the deleting the stuff is that? I think just say what Luke Creasy did. He's a twenty nine year old. He's a young guy in politics. Mm. He's probably he's our generation. Mm. And years ago, he liked something that was a bit risque in that, in in today's. Well, it was a rape joke. Yeah. I, I mean, I read mm. through his tweets, mm. the, through the comments, and what he liked, and. If it was someone to my right that wasn't running for politics, I probably wouldn't even notice. Mm. But then in his circumstance, he is going for that seat Mm. and representing everyone and he Mm. said a few things that a lot of people don't like. And so he's now 
withdrawn from running for yeah. a seat in Labor. I Labor guess. Vote? I yeah, guess yeah. my qu- my question is to your point of deleting it. Yeah. Deleting it would remove the thing that we now know, like the things that he did. Mm. It, what I'm curious about is is that a is that the best way of doing it? I mean, is it just one of those things where it's like, have we all got things that we regret and it's about removing them from history so they don't come up? Well, it's interesting, um, you know, because if intrinsically you're a sexist, mm. racist, homophobe, mm. transphobic yeah. dick, yeah. like should you even run for politics? Yeah. Like, well, go. There's plenty of parties that will support <laughs> you on that in the far right. Yeah. Yeah. Pauline Hanson's One Nation, you know? Bring it on. She's already mm. had to disendorse a number of candidates. But, you know, I would imagine that, that uh, those views, mm. if, if you've hold them and you think it's a funny joke, yeah. then does a leopard change its spots? Yeah. I don't know. Whereas there's a great candidate running here mm. um, that I know of for the Reason Party and her name's Judy Ryan and mm. she just lives down the street from yeah. here and she's a really compassionate woman and got really concerned about coming out every day and seeing people overdosed and dying in the street. It's a big issue, big issue around here. So she was an activist for the um, self-injecting facility Mm -hmm. here and now she's running for this party. So she's always been that. She even learned how to do resuscitation and carries a little, um, you know, naltoxone kit around with her in case someone in front of her down the bottom of this studio Mm. is overdosing. She can administer first aid till an ambulance gets there. Mm. I mean, that's a community person with a community spirit Mm. that's... You know, she is what what you see is what you get with her. Yeah, I think mm. the leopard not changing their spots thing is an is- interesting one. Based on, I look back at things that I've said that just purely being naive and not mm. understanding. I've said dumb shit. I've I'm constantly saying dumb shit, and it's about that uh, that change. I guess within politics, is there not the opportunity for that uh, for light and shade? Not even thinking about it, not knowing the Luke Creasy stuff, mm. but just in that whole idea of, as humans, we're all complex, mm. and w- how do we? The empathetic side of me sees, you know, all these things and being like, "Hang on, okay, have they shown change? Have they done this? Have they done that?" What's your perspective? Look, on I, that? I think that's a really good comment, mm. and we will never know because. Um, Luke's not running, yeah. but he could have just stared it down and said, yeah, I was a dickhead. Yeah. It was 12 years ago. I was an adolescent, you know, and and now I realise that it's not appropriate to do that sort of stuff and he could have stared it down. Mm. But we will never know whether the electorate was in a forgiving mood and would have said, yeah, we've all done dumb yeah. shit on social media. Yeah. You know, in, in cyberspace everyone can hear scream forever and ever and ever. Yeah. You know. it's, it's I, really I, I worry about, I mean, it's probably, I wouldn't have thick enough skin to be in politics politics i don't think someone like i think about what happened to luke and i go someone's gone through purposefully trying to find is that Mm. the game of politics like is that what you sign up for look i often get people saying i wouldn't have a thick enough skin and i say you're the the very person that we need we need thick skin thin skin it's all bullshit we all got the same skin Mm -hmm. you know the epidermis is about a couple of millimetres. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> right. Do you like how I chucked that word in? Um, but we've all got the same skin and we actually need people that have mm. got sensitivity, compassion, uh, that can do the mea culpas. I've stuffed up. Mm. None, none of us are perfect. And uh, last week there was a survey that came out of Australians. Who's your favourite politician? Mm. The top five were women. Yeah. And the top one was Jacinda Ardern at 77% of Australians. And she's not even our bloody politician. She's yeah. New Zealander. Yeah. But do you know why? 
because mm. of those images of the compassion after the Christchurch atrocities of hugging. Mm. You know, and then there's Penny Wong and uh, Tanya Plibersek and other, other politicians, Julie Bishop, you know, mm. that came through. And they're people that have got a sense of humour. They seem a bit vulnerable. Yeah. So... I, I, when you say I haven't got the fixing, actually, that's what we need. We mm. need people that are honest, that have got integrity, that can say I'm stuffed up, but give me a hug. You know, I'm sorry. Mm. We don't want those arrogant pricks. Yeah. Well, we might. They might get elected, yeah. but have a look at it. Yeah. I mean, to say that you have to have a thick skin disenfranchises the rest of us. So it's a language that I try and call out because I just think that's bullshit. Mm. I'm feeling it. I'm feeling mm. I've been called out. Yeah. <laughs> no, I get it. It's, it's actually a great perspective because. I guess you just don't want these stoic, you know, people just steamrolling through, you know. Ah, I mean, look at Jackie Lambie. Mm. Do you, I don't know if you know yeah, much I, about her. She I, was the senator for um, Tassie. Assume we know nothing, though. Yeah, yeah, okay, so great, she had to point. step down because of Section 44, which is a bit in the Constitution where you can't have dual citizenship, mm-hmm. and it was devastating to her. But she ran because she was pissed off about how veterans were treated. She's a yeah. veteran herself, mm-hmm. and she had massive... Um, pain from back injuries and she just felt the Department of Veteran Affairs wasn't looking after them. So she ran and she she was really down in the dumps before she ran. She almost suicided. She said that. She was, mm. you know, a drug addict. That's all on the public record. So she's I'm not like one of us, but we know people like that. Mm. So we if people can relate to her and she ran and she got elected and she's given it another crack. And I go, good on you. We yeah. need people like that that have got a heart they wear on their sleeve. Mm. I mean, I think that's to to that point of the uh, the leopard and the spots and all that sort of thing. It's being able to realize that also some of the energy, some of those things that we want, comes from the hard bits of life, the, yeah. the friction. Yeah, and I think that's that's the point. There is if you disclose, disclose, mm-hmm. and you're transparent about where you've stuffed up in life, mm. everyone's a lot more forgiving. Yeah, you know. So, so you know, maybe if um. Uh, Creasy had disclosed that yeah I did some stupid things when I was younger but mm-hmm. I've changed and I've you know I've gone to unconscious bias gender affirming training or whatever it is you mm-hmm. know to understand how inequality and gender are related and I've changed now and then maybe if he'd come out and said that people would have gone yeah we've all done that we've yeah. all made stupid jokes about yeah. women yeah I got his his world's been turned upside down hasn't it yeah yeah I really feel for him yeah. what kind of time does someone you know like we're walking into that polling booth and seeing some names on a piece of paper. Like how much effort are these people putting in that we're seeing these names of? I'm not talking about, you know, the the top end, the po- the well, current prime minister, but these, you know, Typical like, candidate. Uh, if that's what you, they're yeah. called, yeah. No, well, the candidates, so you might see six or seven running or, or ten or twelve. They've put in anything from probably three years to three months, most of them about a year and a half, two years. It is tough and rigorous and mm. they really do have to plan far in advance and then they've got to go out and door knock like they've got early voting centres at the moment that mm-hmm. are open from 8 to 6 all day handing out talking to people vote for me vote for me vote for me and you were on the front line of this because you were the chief strategist for your sister Cathy uh, McGowan who uh, was elected um, in Indy was that the Indi yeah yep. the we I have no idea around the independent stuff right so when it comes to voting this is my naive uh, brain i'm like i think okay uh labor liberal greens that's Mm. sort of my Mm. uh that's what i'm working with and then based on say if it was the greens for instance i take their card and then you do the preference thing all that that's purely based on me thinking that 
especially if I do some under the below the line type of stuff, I'm potentially going to fuck it up and then it's a donkey vote. For one, is it extra hard for people to vote for independence? Is the system created that way? And can you school me on how I can be changing my perspective or how we how we vote? Cool. So I've got a good analogy for you, right? Mm -hmm. So where do you go shopping? Uh, Woolies. Uh, I'm going to say so, I'm so going to say Coles, yeah. Yeah, okay. So most Aussies go Woolies or Coles. Yeah, yeah. If you try Aldi, yeah, this guy, this guy over yeah. here, yeah, Mister Ninety Seven, Mister Ninety Seven is yeah. sort of more progressive. He's going to sort of the local fruit shop. He gets our eggs. Okay, uh, so some, most people, some people call him a tight ass. Others, yeah, most people. We've got, we've got a duopoly of yeah. uh, supermarkets in Australia, mm-hmm. but there is Aldi's coming along, right? Mm-hmm. Now you might have your favourite favourite sauerkraut or your favourite. Vegan cashew mayo yeah. cheese, right? Yeah. And you used to be able to get it, or your fake bacon, your fake, and yeah. and now now they don't sell it. And you go, geez, this is really annoying. Oh, there's a there's a boutique little veggie shop down there. Yeah. Or there's a really nice. I'm going to go and try IGA or Foodworks. Mm-hmm. Give it a crack because look, their money's coming back in the community and they're local. Yeah. And you go there and bang, look at that. They've got ten different types of sauerkraut and more mm. vegan sausages than you can poke a snag at. Mm. Bit of bread, you know. I'm hungry. So you go, I'm going to start shopping now at the IGA and Foodworks because mm-hmm. they give me more variety. They're more focused on what I want and I can get um, – I know that the profits are going right back in the community, not multinationals that use poker machines mm-hmm. such as Woolies to fund their share price, right? Yeah. So there's ethics, there's integrity, there's availability. Now, independents are a lot like that. They're local, they're independent, they get the community where they've grown up from. They're not beholden to a big party structure – where they might be thinking something but they've got to say something completely different mm. because they've signed up to a party. Mm. So that's that's independence. Now, is the system weighed against independence? Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. The major parties have got all the cash, they've got all the money, they've got the incumbent already in the seat. So what are they spending? Them off. What do you think that the average, like the main, I think you s- spoke about So as an independent you can spend 70, 100 K to yeah. mm. uh, to run. Yep. What are say those millions, top parties? millions, yeah. and I mean Clive Palmer's spending eighty million bucks apparently. Mm. Yeah. Is that his um, own money or he's raising that? Uh, I think he says it's his own. Money. Oh yeah, yes. Clive Palmer's a bit of an eccentric billionaire in Australia. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> a bit like someone else in another country. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, so so the independents have to, and they have often have ethics around where they get their donations from mm-hmm. because they don't want to be beholden to a big mine company if yeah. they get elected and then they're making a decision. So it's cupcakes, street stalls, movie nights, barefoot bowls. That's how mm. independents raise their money. But that gets buy-in from the community as well. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, you have a look around, you'll see the billboards now are covered with the major parties. Mm the ads on the TV. So the independents have to do a bit of guerrilla warfare in terms of getting their message across. So it's Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, something really innovative. There's a video that's just come out this week from eight independents Mm -hmm. that have all chipped in together and they've made a video. Check it out on YouTube. Interesting. I I love hearing – well, I just find it entertaining when the Labor Party does a radio ad about the Liberal Party and it's just like mocking them. It seems to be a common thing. Like I've noticed yeah. more ads uh, like billboards yeah. for um, ugly photos of politics. You know when it's f- from the other party because it's normally they're looking really sad. It's a really unflattering photo. It's black and white. They look don't look great. And then next to it it has yeah. all the reasons so why. So that's what they do. And it's also attack ads mm-hmm. and it's personality politics. You yeah. know, So if I want to encourage you to do anything like I'm not gonna, I'm ne- never going to win the battle to get you to run at the moment, but mm-hmm. you never know. One day you might. 
um, that when you walk into that polling centre, collect the how to vote cards from mm-hmm. everyone, think of something you're passionate or pissed off about yeah. and go and talk to those people and say, what's your policy on climate change? What's your policy on um, uh, having education in schools on LGBTI issues? What's your mm. policy on, on abortion and a woman's right to choose? Go and ask them. Mm. And then go, oh, okay, well, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And I go in and vote. Put your vote is going to change the world. One vote won't, but yeah. hundreds will. Um, something naughty I did, Ruth, when I was in Shepparton, I, I was like just rapt that I could do um, early voting and I went to the early voting centre and then I was on the radio and I was saying, guys, you should get down to the early voting centre. And then we got a <laughs> call from local council saying, we actually aren't trying to encourage people. It's only for people who can't do it. So yeah, you've got, to have a whole, you've got to meet a whole lot of reasons under the act of why you can't. Like if you've got a wedding on that day yeah. or you're in hospital or you're overseas, but you've got to have legit reasons. I was just saying, mate, there's no lines. Yeah. <laughs> there's there's no lines. Mm. A lot of people have checked out though. Like they're not engaged yeah. and they don't realise that politics affects everything from the moment you walk out your door onto the footpath mm-hmm. to you drive along the road. That's the local road walls or the speed line or, you know, how fast the trains go, if you can get a train to the airport or not, or you have to pay a company sky bus, Mm. you know. All this stuff is politics. It's everywhere. Like you're soaking in politics. So Mm. the minute you disengage, you're giving your power to someone else. Mm. I mean, is there, um, I guess the other side of it is we probably don't need people like Tommy... Or myself in like as Why not? white. Speak well, for yourself. Well, I guess in the sense of if if we're trying to get a more sort of diverse thinking, mm. we're not the the most sort of diverse guys in regards to what's already in the political. Yeah, but system. don't check out. Go find yeah. a queer woman of color and get mm-hmm. on her campaign. Yeah, and so I guess that's part of it too. What you're referring to isn't necessarily Tommy going out mm. and running, but mm. it's actually being supporters yep. and volunteers for different people. Yeah, and you can you've got your skills. Mm-hmm. It's not enough to say, oh, I've got thin skin or I don't, mm. can't find what I'm curious about or passionate about. Like, you've got skills. Mm-hmm. Find someone like a queer woman of colour mm-hmm. and go, do you want us to come and make a short vid for you that mm-hmm. you can chuck on YouTube? Well, instead of giving you a 10 grand donation, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll do a five-minute video for you and that'll be our contribution for making the world a better place because we've got diverse representatives. Mm-hmm. So don't check out. Yeah. Who were the big supporters uh, for Cathy when you were chief strategist? Where did you see the most amount of support come from? From the local community. So we had, um, in 2013, when Cathy first ran, the incumbent, which was the person that held the seat, mm-hmm. had held it for uh, 12 years with a really big margin. They thought it was a very safe seat, so they ignored Indies in northeast Victoria. They ignored it, and the community felt that, you know, they were just being ignored. And what particularly pissed them off was when the apology for the stolen generations was made in Parliament, that Member of Parliament exited the building. Mm. So everyone was a bit pissed off and annoyed. So when um, Cathy put her hat in the ring to run, lots of young people encouraged her to run. They said, we, we, want, we want to see a different future. And she said, OK, well, if I'm going to run, come on board. So the young people came on board and they were, they did stuff like, you know, flash mobs, mm. set up the Twitter and social media and Tumblr pages and all of that. They were fantastic. And there was 400 people from the community. Next time there was 600. Currently there's an independent running called Helen Haynes mm. who's taking over from Cathy. She's got 1,700 volunteers from the local community. Wow. So these are people that are putting their feet and skin in the game. That's, they're the biggest supporters, which is yeah. real people like you and I, mums and dads, kids, grandparents. They're all 
involved in that campaign mm. because they're passionate mm. about seeing a change and keeping that seat independent. Mm. I feel a bit, as a voter, I feel a little bit detached from the actual change that happens. Being so close to Kathy, did you see things that uh, she was sort of striving for and seeing it actually get enacted and, and happen? Oh, yeah, absolutely. One of the biggest things was, was that the seat became marginal. And that means that instead of being a safe seat held mm-hmm. by a big margin, it was like it, she only won by 400 votes out of about 90,000 wow. people. So it was really close. Did they have to recount at that point? Yeah, they it? did. They had to recount. It took two weeks to actually fix wow. to decide. So it was what, were that, what was that no, couple of no weeks like? No fingernails left at all. <laughs> so, and then next time she won by about 5,000 votes yeah. in 2016. But what's happened over that time, that seat's become marginal and mm. – People often talk, well, what did you get? So they think it's all about money. But money did flow in, like $250 million plus mm-hmm. worth of grants. Um, but some of the issues that got fixed up were like mobile phone black spots. And if mm-hmm. you've lived in the country, you'll know be driving mm-hmm. down a road and suddenly your mobile drops out, which can be um, catastrophic in valleys, mm-hmm. the mountain valleys mm-hmm. when there are fires coming that people can't access their mobiles. Mm-hmm. So she got funding for, I think, 54 mobile towers, mm-hmm. which then allowed... Um, to these black spots to be addressed, whereas the neighbouring electorate, which again is a safe coalition seat, mm-hmm. it's only had about twelve black spots fixed. So that sort of thing. They're all coming into your area to use your, your yeah. fast mobile. Yeah. So these are things <laughs> I'm talking about. But the other sort of intrinsic thing that happened mm. was people took started to take an interest in politics. Yeah, they got engaged. They said, actually, we can make a difference if 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 enough of us get excited about making a difference, we can actually come together and make a difference. I don't know if this ever happened at school, like the Student Representative Council. I was you know. big in the SRC, yeah. yeah SRC yeah. president from uh, year eight. Wow. I was the youngest you SRC president that they ever had. Of course you and, were. Um, I've heard more about the um, just being the president than anything he actually ever no, did. I did. Was I, it uh, all for clout? No, I enacted, I um, uh, created healthy, a healthier menu at the canteen. <laughs> well, see, this is it. So on that scale, you got involved in politics. Yeah. It's in your blood. Yeah. So I've, I've seen SRCs where the girls have got involved in changing the uniform. Like, why can't we wear DACs mm, yeah. like the guys? We yeah. should be allowed to wear pants. Yeah. And finally, 2019, they've got the school uniform changed, you know. Good. Big one on hoodies at our school. Really? There was a ban on it. We wanted... Um, Year 12 hoodies, they had a real issue with the idea of hoods. I think maybe because I, I grew up in a sort of a rougher area. The Bronx area. The yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so, th- yeah, they were giving a lot of pushback on that. Mm. But yeah, it is interesting like because a lot of people will say, I don't want to talk politics like, uh, or if, um, say, a show like this, there'll be people who are switching off who are triggered in some way and being like whatever's, you know, you've said something that's that's – that's uh, hit a nerve and they're like, they, they turn off. Mm. What's your perspective on listening to both sides, listening and being able to sort of be a, um, taking a bit from here, taking a bit a bit from there? Um, uh, everyone's got a right to disengage. I mm-hmm. totally get that. Yeah. Sit on the couch and watch, net, watch net, Netflix. But mm. you walk out in the street, you're going to be stepping over needles, yeah. right? You're going to be paying your hex tax. Mm-hmm. Um, well, we won't be. Well, <laughs> Mr. Nice, yeah, right? yeah. he only lasted yeah. two months, but yes. he's still, still. Yeah, okay. You're going to have friends on Newstar yeah. that cannot find rent. Mm. No capital city has got rentable accommodation if you're on Newstar. So, what do those people do? They're homeless or mm. they're couch surfing. 
So you might turn off, but if you actually open your eyes and put your antennas up, there are mm. so many issues around that need fixing. And I just say, be awake, get woke, yeah. you know. It's, re- it's reframing politics because yeah. yeah. that's something I'm learning from yeah. this conversation. I, I, th- I think there would be some people who think that the political landscape is, you know, going too far one way. And it's come from the other way. And we might overcorrect. You know, we're going to overcorrect. It's getting extreme, you know. Um, do you think that's a reality? No, I don't think you don't that's think a reality. It is? No, because we have got three levels of government, local, state and federal. And it's all over the place of who's okay. representing. We've got mm-hmm. 18-year-olds in councils. Yeah. You know, young people, as soon as they can, they go, vote for me. You know, we've yeah. got really exciting young people coming through. All these kids that are on the climate change strike, I reckon they're going to get involved in politics at some level. Mm-hmm. So, and then you've got the diverse ruse right over on the right that go, stop immigration, you know, we don't want any um, Muslims coming in and, and they're far right and, and we want, um, you know, some of the um, involvement of religion in schools, they want all that sort of stuff. And it's like, okay, well, that represents the diversity of views in Australia. Mm. I'm, I'm not saying we should ban that. In fact, mm. I think it's healthy to have those sort of discussions mm. if, as long as it's not, um, you know, threatening people or, you know, um, really putting people down. But I think it's important to have the discussions, well, what should be a sustainable immigration? Mm. Um, what sort of things should we um, um, do for the new start? Should mm-hmm. we raise it? What about dentistry? Why mm. isn't that on Medicare? Mm. Oh, that's know? bullshit. Yeah. That's something I'm pissed off about. Yeah, well, you know, that's a federal issue. Is it? Mm-hmm. So why, why if you break your arm, you can mm. go to the doctor and get, you know, get it free? Mm. Uh, great public health service in Australia, but if you smash your tooth, mm. um, you're up for a couple of grand. You know God. why? Like, yeah, yeah, I don't understand. There's so that. many people out there with rotten teeth, which is a health issue, but there's mm. not the connection. Mm. So, these are the sort of stuff. Just wake up, because mm. because who does it? They. The minute you hear someone saying they should fix it, that's politics. And I, I guess the other thing with politics is it's you hear things happening. Like I remember hearing when. Um, Maybe it was at the state level they were talking about dentistry and there was a an extra level of money going to it. And I remember hearing people saying, yeah, they're saying that, but it's actually X, Y and Z and don't take it at face value. This is marketing. How how can we be engaged when we're constantly being tell, told that our pollies are lying to us and that uh, things aren't what they seem? I'd say read, read the mm-hmm. issues yeah. and get it from different points of view. Like mm-hmm. there's a hashtag called Ozpol on Twitter, mm-hmm. which is great. Has it got a sausage? Well, that's Oz, Oz Votes. Oz Votes. Because that's, that's a democracy sausage. Okay. The that's democracy. why that's got that emoji <laughs> there it, yeah, at the moment. Yeah. But come May the 18th, that'll move on. Uh-huh. But Ozpol is really good. Mm-hmm. And and talk to people. Mm-hmm. Talk to people. Talk to your mates that are on Newstart and go, how the hell are you living? Yeah. You know, like ask people questions. I think that's how you get engaged yeah. or... What do you think about climate change? Like yeah. today there's a report coming out on mass extinction is mm-hmm. looming. Yeah. And we're going to lose so many species. Like mm-hmm. we can't just sleep on that. Yeah, because there, there is a sense where I – what I feel with this stuff is that we're a bit fucked. The world's going to end sometime and it seems so big that I can't see the, the micro. It's like, yeah, we could – uh, not have disposable cups, but something else is going to fuck up before then anyway. Is that point of view a, a toxic one for actually progress? If enough people make a change, things mm. will change. So yeah. 
if you if you get keep cups instead mm-hmm. of these, yeah. right? Because these aren't recyclables. Yeah. So just get some keep cups, mm-hmm. chuck your brand on it, mm-hmm. and give them out to people. Yeah. That's a change you can make. Yeah. You know, you're done, and you can have a unisex sign on uh-huh. it because that's just a subtle thing that mm-hmm. we welcome all genders here. Yeah. You know, you can do tiny little changes that'll make a difference in your world. You can yeah. catch public transport to here. Yeah. Um, everything you do will make a difference. People people look up to you. They listen to this podcast, so yeah. you can model behaviour. Because mm-hmm. you, you can start asking people what pronoun do you want to be yeah. used. You know, and just model LGBTIQ mm. inclusiveness. I think part of it is that I always I don't want to come across as disingenuous or being. Um, tokenistic so when like i feel like whenever there's a new you know like i think the world's shifting and there's a a comfort in okay this is the way that i do things Mm. and so trying to adapt trying to because i think that there's a lot of people who wanted to make that change but they see it's like okay the friction point of not having anything on the door versus having the unisex uh symbol or whatever it is those those things then become these micro statements that mm. we're making that it, mm. that can be political mm. whereas the virtual sig- sig- yeah, exa- yeah exactly yeah. i think yeah. that's been tommy uh, like tommy and i've spoken that about that a lot which is like we never we want to make change mm. but we don't w- but we've also got that sort of no bs filter filter mm. so mm. we don't want to do it in the sense of like okay i'm supporting this thing i don't want to then have people thinking that I'm doing this as some sort of brand building, like personal well, well, why virtue wouldn't you, Why wouldn't you have a keep cup? Mm. Yeah, I think the keep cup, well, the, the, the thing <laughs> with the keep, the, yeah, well, the, keep now, cup, like, yeah. the keep cup one, yeah. it was like... Uh, Called out again. This is, no, this was my rationale with the keep cup. I, yeah. I think uh, Scooter Derek, I'm who's on the... Okay, that's good. So we can compost these ones, which yeah. is definitely yes. why we got them. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, and Mr. 97's <laughs> oh, already working on mm. a compost for us. Mm. Um, did you know, like, you can cut worms? Or oh, you would, you're a scientist. Mm. You can cut worms in half and they grow or something. Is that some true? Worms, some worms. But I just think this is excuses. <laughs> this yeah. is excuses. Yeah, no, it is all excuses. This yeah. is just excuses, yeah. right? And it's it's to just... Well, the keep cup example, I'll give yeah. you that as an example. I then heard that it's like uh, um, a keep cup is worth 400 disposable cups in regards to the materials that are used or yeah. whatever. Yeah. And then I think about how much, how many times, like I had a keep cup and then I lost it. Mm. And so I'm like, yeah, I did I've the math. 10. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's it. Copies, and yeah. so if it's like, if you've got 10 keep cups yeah. and one keep cup is worth 400 disposable cups, You've purchased 4,000 cups yeah. worth. Okay, so my point is, and it's back to this, yeah. you do the research yeah. before you make your decisions, sure. right? You could take a mug down mm-hmm. the shop every day and they'd get to know, oh, yeah, this is the long way. It's the mug you guy. You could stick a unicorn on the dunny, just yeah. a picture of a unicorn, it doesn't matter because yeah. you don't want to go, oh, I forgot the Q, I forgot the I, I forgot yeah. the plus, but, you yeah. know, just stick a unicorn on it. Uh-huh. And that could be your way of being, I'm accepting, mm. you know, but I'd just say do do your research. Don't be asleep. Yeah. Because when you're asleep, others will be doing the work and taking over the country in ways that you mightn't agree with. Mm-hmm. And it'd be, it'll be too late when you wake up. Yeah. Yeah. Tommy, what do you think? I think that, like, mm. the conversations Tommy and I have are very much uh, come from a place where it's like, okay, we want to be um, authentic with things and authenticity mm. is no, so I, I like what you're saying. And I think what you said about find your thing. We're just looking at the camera. Make it's sure all good. Still, yeah. yeah. We're just finding... The thing that actually pisses you off, mm. and I and maybe it's the there's people who are not that pissed off, but are voicing 
their annoyance about something that they're not that annoyed about. Something that annoys me is um, uh, people who litter. Is there a party for that? I mean, is there someone who's... Start it. Start yeah. it, mate. Yeah. Well, it's well, there's an EPA 1800 number you called. But you know what? Maybe yeah. it hasn't happened to you yet. Yeah. What so about peace? I think the thing is that for a lot of people who don't have that many... Like, we're in a very privileged position where, like, we are very fortunate. There's not yeah. many things that happen. Yeah. So then for some people, the pissed off bit is... I got called out or political correctness has gone crazy. And so their version of being pissed off yep. is actually maybe to go more to the conservative yep. sort of side. Yep. And so I guess that that's to your point around the mate, you know, ask your mates. I think that part of that, like it's in the, in that statement, which is if you're only just asking your mates, you're only getting one perspective. I think that the real thing is like how can we, and I've even noticed that just being on this being in Abbotsford being in sort of a you know mecca of you know different people struggle mm. you know mm. struggling people and mm. being near commission flats and all that mm. sort of thing you see a diverse range of people and for me it's like um the asking the mate thing is that bubble echo chamber thing and it's like how do we go beyond that how do we ask yeah and I think mm. part of it is just experiencing it we were uh, upstairs uh over the weekend, uh, seeing two women, in, you know, taking a shooting up mm. in just in the mm. corner, mm. and it's like it is a shocking thing to see. Which then, all of a sudden, Tommy and I are having conversations around, are oh, these needles and stuff? Like maybe there's a bunch of needles out the back of our office. It's like, yep. can we be pushing like the local council to get get rid of them? Yeah, you know? or putting signs up saying the safe injecting facilities okay mm-hmm. down that road. You yeah. know, it. Um, I was going to say, you can be in a bubble, which is all mm. middle-class white dudes. Mm. I also run gender equality training. Mm. And one of the things I encourage people is to put a gender lens on, mm-hmm. which is like putting a pair of sunnies on. You can't see what you can't see until you make a deliberate effort. Yeah. So the first thing you do is, well, look at the numbers, look at the data. So I'd encourage you to look back on your podcast mm-hmm. and go, how many diverse people have you had on? Mm-hmm. What's the gender ratio? And if it's not 50-50, do what you need to do to get 50-50. Women speak in here as well. Invite people of colour. Invite mm. people of diverse backgrounds. Get some people, some Sikhs, some Muslim women, yeah. some queer people. Make sure you've got a whole diversity of people. You've got a job to get yeah. their voices out as well. That's what you do. You're in front of a mic. Yeah. That's your privilege. Get the voices out of diversity. Mm. Ask these questions to them. Yeah. What's going on for you? Yeah. you know? well, I guess part of it too, like using that lens... One of the things that maybe I'm overthinking it, but I think about we want to have Ruth McGowan on because you're an interesting person with a great perspective and I'm always conscious of we're, we're having you on, whether you're white, black, female, male, all that sort of thing. Like you're an interesting person. And so the pushback that I have for myself around these things is I don't want it to ever feel tokenistic. You're, you yeah. know what? That It's not going to be because... Yeah. So the ABC has just done a database. Mm-hmm. It realised that whenever it asked for comments on the news, only 22% of the people they interviewed were women. Mm. And they've gone, this is not good enough. Yeah, 50% of the population is women. They've got interesting views. So then they're building up their whole database of skills um, of who can talk about X, Y, Z, and they've gone, it's our responsibility to find the interesting women to get their viewpoints on finance mm-hmm. and markets mm-hmm. and politics. Yeah. 
So that's just lazy, this, yeah. oh, I don't want... Yeah. I well, do not, not know la- women that feels tokenistic. Yeah. Well, I don't think it's... It's not out of a laziness, but I think that it's not something that I necessarily want us to lead with. So when we have people on the sh- on the show, it's realising that you know, you've got an order of Australia, you've got all of these things. And, and there's plenty of women out there and non-gender binary people that you could find mm. that will also have interesting points of yeah, view. Yeah. I mean... I just put that challenge out to you to yeah. do the analysis of who you've had mm. and look at where the gaps are. Yeah. And it won't be tokenistic. You might be blown away by what some of these people say. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think we do, like we've, we did a, a work on the board uh, earlier in the year where we wrote down probably 150 names and then we got an, a, a red texter and just circled all the women and say, okay, well here, let's focus on getting, mm. getting this. Um, and so it's definitely a piece of work that we think is important. I also yep. think that it's, you know, we had some feedback on Instagram where someone had said it. And the other thing is that I think a lot of people, especially in podcasting, it's the you know early days of the format. People don't see it as their responsibility or see that it's even that you're at the point where you can make that positive change. So I think that now that we've identified it, having that diversity Yep. in audience mm. is interesting. I reckon yeah. it's going to be – oh, there's a website called Here She Is mm-hmm. which lists hundreds of women and what they can speak about. Right. And, you know, so you could just oh, go cool. to that and go, I want someone to talk about, I don't know, marketing and PR yeah. or whatever. You know. Oh, that's really cool. And yeah. wh- who, who set up that? The like Victorian Women's Trust, Yeah. which I'm a board member of that organisation and they do amazing stuff for mm. women and girls and advocacy. They're a feminist organisation. Mm. Um, they've just released a book – called mm. About Bloody Time, yeah. which is taking the taboo off menstruation. Uh-huh. So they do stuff like that. You yeah, know, exactly. Can you imagine having a podcast talking about that yeah. and getting a couple of young girls on that mm. are feisty and going, we want to have sanitary products in our mm. toilets at school. That's what we're fighting for. Mm. Forget hoodies. That's mm. a fundamental right. <laughs> yeah. Having a hoodie. Is there anything that uh, worries you about the future? across the political landscape, thinking I think about my son and what he's going to be growing up and, you know, times are different from when I was a young man to what he will be a part of and what's acceptable and mm. what's even thought about. Mm. Oh, well, my concern is people tuning out, yeah. you know, and that's that's why I wrote Get Elected because mm. anyone can get elected that is competent and have has the skills to, mm. to have, a, have a vision and mm-hmm. articulate that a vision and bring people along with them. Yeah. Mr. 97, uh, mm. you know, you're a, a young person, he's uh, 19. So, you know, yeah. Tommy and I, are, I'm getting close to 30. Old Tommy parts, is yeah. 30, exactly. <laughs> yeah. uh, what resonates with you here? Have you got a question for Ruth? Yeah, I guess, I mean, I'm, I'm a Kiwi citizen, so I don't have to vote, but I still, mm. I still think people of my generation feel helpless in uh, feeling like their vote isn't worth it. Mm. Like, I want, I want to. I want to support uh, people that are, you know, fighting climate change, but it's just like my vote feels like nothing. Mm. So how do I, you know, change so change that perspective? Yeah, good question. So I work as a coach and often so when people feel o- overwhelmed, the first thing you do is take action. No matter how small, mm. take an action, a tiny little step. And the first thing I would encourage 18, 19-year-old who's going, well, you know, who would I vote for in mm. this election in two weeks' time? And get educated. So there is a website called ABC Vote Com- Compass, 
which has about 10 questions, Mm -hmm. and it asks you questions and you give the answer and then it tells you which political party lines up with your views. Mm -hmm. So you're not going to be swayed by the big, beautiful billboards that, you know, diss someone else. You're just going to go, okay, well, this is what I believe in climate change. Mm. This is what I believe in marriage equality, whatever it is. Mm. And look, I'm near, right near this party, so it, mm. it graphs it all. Sure. It's a, it's a five-second sort of quiz, you know, a five-minute quiz, mm. and it can tell you. So first thing is use your vote, um, if you're an Australian citizen, yeah. use your vote to mm. make a difference. And then, you know, talk about politics. When people say something that they're annoyed about, like climate change, go, mm. well, what are, you, what are you doing about it? You can join GetUp, organisations mm. like that. Um, give them a five-buck donation. They're mm. the ones fighting for it. So you can actually, you know, um, handball a bit of your responsibilities. But, yeah. you know, get active, get involved, or the planet's going to be stuffed if mm. everyone just goes yeah. to sleep at the yeah. wheel. Yeah. What's your um, relationship with comedy? Because, you know, comedians are always talking about, well, there seems to be a big... Uh, talking point at the moment, we can't make fun of anything anymore. You, oh, yeah. You're someone who is mm. pretty, like, uh, you know, you've got both sides. Mm. You're hilarious. You have strong political, you've got strong <laughs> political uh, views. You sort of seem to merge it all. At what at what point uh, is, you know, the, the comedy thing versus political correctness, how can we, how can we navigate? Because even Tommy and I have felt especially recording a show you you say shit you use um stereotypes as a as a as a way of doing comedy and then you look back it's like oh that that joke was probably from 2004 you know how how do you think uh people can navigate that type of thing well there's so many fantastic comedians local comedians in australia that take the piss out of politics Mm. and they're brilliant and i follow them on tv i follow their podcasts yeah you know, do you have any favourite? What's your who's your favourite at the moment? Oh, um, oh Sammy J. Uh-huh. Do you ever watch him? No, no. no. Oh, you guys are missing out. <laughs> oh, you got to watch Sammy J. So he does this skit about the government coach, yeah. where he's the coach, and he's got it down pat. You know, and he's in his coach uniform, and his football team is the government. Yeah, yeah. So he's calling them where they've dropped the balls, and yeah, look him up on yeah. YouTube. He's a pisser. Yeah, yeah, he's really, really great. And so, do you think that there is? Um, have you noticed? Things like comedy or things change based on politics in in society. Um, I think it's got funnier. Mm. There's a lot more things to it's it's so serious. It's got funnier. You yeah. know, there's almost an opposing effect. And yeah. It's like oh, like you can't make jokes about some of some of the stuff that's um, you know Islamophobia. Mm. Like they they do in a way mm-hmm. that's that's still respectful. Yeah. So Pauline Hanson wore a burqa into Parliament just to make a point. Yeah. And then there was this whole running joke about that. Yeah. Um, uh, so, it's I I do love my dose of political comedy. I love my political podcasts yeah. as well. I've got a several lined up that yeah. I'm a bit of a junkie about yeah. the <laughs> political podcasts. So like, there's a place for mm. the Joker. In, oh, absolutely. In the society. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, look. It's not life and death, it's politics, yeah. which is a bit of both. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, you do need the politics for the light relief. Mm. And, um, yeah, I'd encourage you to have a look at Sammy J and you can see what I'm talking about. Yeah. And then you've got the extreme end of that, which is the comedians that are summing an audience of 800 people where they are still doing racist jokes, mm. homophobic jokes, mm. all of this. And it's almost like I see – what fascinates me about that is that there's an audience for There's it. still an audience and for it, And there's yeah. these people that are like, oh, 
you know, mm. laughing to something that they know is so wrong, mm. which then fuels the humour of it, I think, mm. because yeah. then it's like taboo, we're mm. laughing, we're getting together as a community to sort of be naughty and laugh. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think it, which I, that's my sort of view on that sort of going one way. So it goes, you know, everyone is very sensitive now, rightfully so. There's been some, a lot of things that needed to be readjusted, but then out of that has now created this new niche where people are front-footing that, mm. which I don't, I don't think it's right. Yeah. Um, but it well, it's is... It's a bit like eating the Macca's hash browns, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's right, but I kind of am enjoying yeah. it is what yeah. those people in the crowd are saying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. so you you wrote Get Elected. Uh, what was the what was the experience of doing that? Because like, you hear how hellish it can be for people... Mm. Writing a book. Mm. Was it super stressful or was it nice oh, and easy? Look, it was a discipline. Yeah. Just, no, it wasn't easy. Yeah. I, I, I liken it to um, giving birth. Like <laughs> when you're first time parent, you're thinking, when's the right time to have a kid? You know, maybe yeah. you went through all this. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, should I do it when I'm 30 yeah. or should I muck up my career or should I wait till I'm in my late 30s when I've got a career established? And, mm. you know, so it's all this when will I do the book, right? Yeah. And then once you've made the decision to do the book, then the the pregnancy of, is the gestation mm-hmm. is like the slow writing. So yeah. you do a little bit every day. Mm-hmm. It took me about 14 months but I had a three-month break. Yeah. But I just had the discipline of doing it. Mm. And um, and then when you give birth to it, yeah. it's quite torturous because <laughs> you forget about publicity and marketing and everything you yeah. need to do there. Yeah. And then you go, shit, I've done a book. I'm going to yeah. have another one. I'm going to yeah. have another kid. <laughs> yeah. Pretty well, easy, hey? Once you make the decision, why not? Where's, where's the little sibling for yeah, your yeah, little yeah. fella? You forget. I think that's where we're yeah. at. We've we've forgotten the pain of it all. Yeah. And <laughs> that unknown. And now we're like, maybe we could do another one. Yeah, you go, oh, <laughs> I'm going to have another one. <laughs> yeah. But I'd, in, I'd encourage anyone that's got something really worthwhile to say to do a book. Mm. Yeah. Podcasts are great. Yeah. Books, books you know, like you, you, people, there's a lot of respect when you're. Yeah, bump that on the table. Yeah, absolutely. You know? And from you know all the times that uh, you know the leadership positions that uh, you've had over the years, what are the what are the core skills that you think are universal for leaders? Mm. Wow, there's a whole nother podcast yeah. in that one, isn't <laughs> yeah. it? Well, obviously you've got to have followers. Yeah, you know. So I think um, having a vision that you can articulate of how you can bring about change. Mm. And for me it's about positive change. Mm. Um, so having a vision that you can articulate and demonstrate that you're competent to pursue that vision mm. with people that can support you. So to bring people along to get that vision happening. Do you need to think that you have something important to say? Do you need to believe that? As someone who Do you have to be a bit of a narcissist? Yeah, you know? oh, yeah I've got a good idea. Oh, I believe this is, you know important do you have to sort of have i, that? I think you, you have to have that to start with because mm, yeah. why would people you know mm. be attached to what you've got to say yeah. the, the first person as a politician you've got to vote for is yourself mm. you've got to sell it to yourself first vote one that's a great idea you know make dental care um tax tax deductible make make a bulk billing for mm. dental care I've got to believe that because I've had smashed up teeth. And mm. I, I literally have, you know. I've got a plate in at the moment because I've got a smashed tooth. Mm. I, I lost at Whitewater kayaking. <laughs> so now this costing me grands yeah. and grands of money to get a new front tooth. And it's like I can go to the doctor and get a bulk build yeah. if I need a flu injection. Mm-hmm. 
but I can't get, you know, lucky I can afford it. But what if I couldn't? Yeah. I'd be walking around without a tooth like your mates back in the Bronx, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. and, and immediately people are making assumptions about you because you don't have a tooth. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that's so I'm passionate about that um, dental care should be a uh, bulk bill for people that can't afford it. Mm. Therefore, I've sold that to myself. Now I can go out and agitate on that if I was a politician and push for that change, mm. which one of the major parties is at the moment. Mm. What are you going to be doing on election day? Oh, snags. So I, I saved my vote till election day. Uh-huh. I could run in and do it early and get it over and yeah. done with. Because this yeah. is a but big you need deal. to have that wedding. That yeah, yeah but like I, it, I actually want to make the suckers work for my vote right up till the eighteenth yeah, of May. Really? I really want to make it. I don't want to. I want to think about well, who am I going to vote for? This sounds like this is what I love about this is it reminds me not to bring it back to SRC. But the way that but the way that you treat it feels like how I felt about it in school, right? It feels like like a campaign, and there's just like a, absolutely. And because the thing is, like when when I go through the polling booths to to vote on election day, I've basically made up my mind based on some very sort of arbitrary things on my, my general viewpoint. But I'm not too in the nitty-gritty because I feel like things change. So I'm like, okay, this is how I feel. This is where I lean. I'm going to vote on there. But there are a bunch of people on that day handing pieces of paper. Um, is that like is, is, is that an effective way? Like the, those that final moment is... Yeah, actually quite a lot of people make up their mind before they walk in yeah. on how nice the people were that handed out the yeah, handbag yeah, card to them. It's so like a gauntlet. It is. You, you've strange. got to run it. So yeah. just be polite because they're all volunteers. Well, some, mm. some parties actually pay people to do yeah, that. Really, yeah. Yeah. Do you know what I said to one of them once? It was oh, probably a local, uh, probably a local election. Say? No, I was really annoyed... I've got a no junk mail sign in my yeah. letterbox. Yeah. And I saw the guy who had probably not personally put the put the um, flyer into mine. Well, they're allowed to do that under the Electoral Act. What? It's not seen as junk mail. That's yeah. anyway. Okay. Time anyway, was in so, the wrong. so, uh, so you wrong, but, uh, come election day, this yeah. is what I get so excited about. So I live in a small rural community. It's only got about four hundred people there. We I know everyone there. Mm. There is the sausage sizzle going on for the local school. Mm-hmm. So I walk have in. Have you got veg? Have they got a separate bit nah, for the veg? Nah, really no, nah, they don't, unfortunately. <laughs> so often I just get white bread and onions and sauce. Like, oh, yeah, I know. But anyway, so I do the gauntlet and I have a chat to Bill and I have a chat to Joan and I have a chat to Fred and, and young Julie, you know, just social. Yeah. And I take them all because I'm never going to let anyone know yeah. how I vote. Mm-hmm. I go in, I say hello to Jan, who's kicking me off the roll, and she goes, have you voted early today? And I go, no, I don't vote early, vote often. I just vote once, you know, mm. have a little joke. And then I go <laughs> into gear. the booth. You've already got your gear lined up. I've got it all lined up. And then I go into the booth and I go, wow, look at this democracy. Like, people die for this right. right. That's the end of the People die for this mm. all over the world. People die for this privilege. Mm. That I've got, and I take my time. So it's six for the Senate, yeah. six above the line. I'm going to do every one, or twelve below, or if there's two hundred, I think of the person I hate the most, and I mark them as two hundred, and I yeah. work my way backwards. Wow, you know, so it's real. It's really good fun. I know, yeah. probably not, but I'm, yeah. and then I then I get home, and by six o'clock, when it's all over, yeah. I put the news on, and I, I watch the ABC. So there's a cephologist there. So a cephologist is a person who's a political numbers nerd yeah. called Anthony Green. So he's he's my hero, right? So he's on the, and then they've got the panel of past police from all sides, and I just watch it. My crack 
bottle of red. <laughs> yeah. And I'm on Twitter as well. And I tell you what, <laughs> that's, I get my jollies off on those nights. It's so exciting. <laughs> I love politics. Big day. Mm. Yeah. Oh, it is a big day. It is a big day. <laughs> that's so yeah. awesome. Uh, Ruth, <laughs> appreciate you coming in and sharing your perspective because I think that this is like a good example of um, getting those different sides and we don't talk politics that much. And, um, you know, it's a unique perspective. So well, we do and we just don't know we are talking yeah. about it. Yeah, you We're are. We're not framing it as You're politics. Not, whenever someone says they should do this, they yeah. is politics. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ruth, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks, mate. It's, it's been a, fantastic. It's, <laughs> that was a Josh. very political handshake. Yeah, yeah. I liked it. Yeah, yeah. 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 loved it. It's Double-handed. It's <laughs> almost <laughs> Order of Australia style. Is oh, that what they bros, bros. It's a daily talk show. Hi yeah. at thedailytalkshow.com if you want to send us an email. Otherwise, we'll see you tomorrow. See you guys. Bye. Thanks.